What's up, everybody? Thank you for jumping on to Steelers To Go, your daily to-go cup of Pittsburgh Steelers news and analysis. I'm Noah Strackbine here every single Monday through Friday. Find me on YouTube.com slash Talk or anywhere you get your podcasts. And today, I'm talking about the running backs again. I feel as if I talk about the running backs a lot. I feel as if the running back competition, or lack thereof, has been brought up quite a bit on this podcast, on this show, and on this YouTube channel, and this podcast network as a whole. I like to talk about running backs, because I think it's important that Najee Harris does not get ran into the ground, for a couple of reasons. I want Najee Harris to have a long and successful career. He deserves it. He works incredibly hard. He's a very good athlete. He's a leader. He's a true Pittsburgh Steeler. He deserves every opportunity that he'll get because he works for all of them. On top of that, the success of the Steelers relies heavily on Najee Harris. And that success needs to be carried into the playoffs. Something the Steelers have been very, very bad at doing. You want to know why? Because time and time again, year after year, running back after running back, they run their guys into the ground. Mike Tomlin loves a bell cow. Unfortunately, he hasn't adapted to the fact that the NFL is no longer a bell cow running back league. You can't have one guy do it all all season long and expect him to be healthy come week 18 or week one of the playoffs. Wildcard weekend showed that Najee Harris was not capable of running the football effectively because he was worn down. He was beat. They ran him into the ground. And yes, yes, Najee Harris is as durable, as flexible, and can take a hit better than almost anybody. But even the best of them can't touch the football 400 times a season and expect to be a contributor come the wild card. Can't happen. The Steelers have always had this issue. And the problem is that they're trying to adjust to eliminate this issue, but they're not adjusting properly. I talked to a lot of people, and even Eddie Faulkner himself said, it takes seven plays. If we could get Najee Harris off the field for seven plays, then his workload will be drastically decreased, and he won't be so worn out come the end of the year. The problem is, what do you do with those seven plays? That's a big chunk of game. And are your options put Benny Snell Jr. out there and tell him to pass block every single time or have him and Anthony McFarland, who could turn out to be quality runners, but judging from what we know right now, are not the greatest with the ball in their hands, have not made solid contributions to the Steelers running game. Do you put them on the field? hand them the football and say, okay, well, those are seven plays that are almost wasted. If those are your two options, either be extremely predictable or do nothing, seems like wasted efforts. You might as well put Najee Harris out there for those seven plays and hope that he's healthy come the playoffs. Hope that he's healthy come the end of the season. Chances are he won't be. So you need to add to that room. and. Granted, this whole thing should be taken as if Benny Snell Jr. and Anthony McFarlane prove to be the best options, which I've said time and time again that they could be, then you roll the dice with them and you feel confident in them to take on those seven plays. 
but you can't give those seven plays to people who have not earned it. And right now, Benny Snell Jr. and Anthony McFarlane have not earned seven additional plays in a football game. They have not done it. So there's three parts to this. There's the why, obviously. And I believe that I just explained a bit of the why, but not the whole thing. There's the when. When should the Steelers do it? And why is right now the best time? And then there's the who. And the why for the who. Why do the Steelers have to add quality options with quality potential instead of throwing out random undrafted rookies and hoping that they stick? So let's start with that. Jalen Warren, Mateo Durant, quality running backs, quality college careers. Both of them have the attention of pretty much every fan. I don't know how to judge a running back in minicamp. I don't think anybody does. It's one of those positions that you look at and you go, well, there's no contact and the whistle's blown as soon as you touch the line of scrimmage. So how do you know how well they're actually doing? I can tell you this. I have high hopes for Anthony McFarlane every season because what I see during minicamp and OTAs is incredible footwork, is incredible attention to detail is just a natural poise with the football in his hand that you feel an explosive play could happen at all times. Anthony McFarlane gives you that feeling. Last year, you knew instantly that Kalen Balaj was the best option over Jalen Samuels because you saw in OTAs and you saw in minicamp how much more explosive he was than Jalen Samuels. Again. Once there's helmets and pads on, or once there's pads on, things change. Explosiveness changes. The your leverage changes. A lot, a lot is different once pads are on. But in minicamp and OTAs, nothing excited me about Mateo Durant or Jalen Warren. Nothing. I did not walk away feeling confident that one of those two will make the team. And again, I will hold back my judgment until I see them with pads on. But that was my assessment during minicamp and OTAs. So why not add a running back? And even if you don't add a running back, let me explain to you what Mateo Durant and Jalen Warren have to go through before they get those seven reps. There is zero chance, knowing the history of the Pittsburgh Steelers and the way that they operate, that either Warren or Durant step onto a football field in their rookie year as undrafted guys and take on a responsibility bigger than Benny Snell Jr. or Anthony McFarlane, whichever one they beat out for the roster spot. Where it starts is special teams. They will make a contribution on special teams, and if that contribution is significant enough and they show during practice that they – have potential, enough potential, Matt Canada and Mike Tomlin will give them an opportunity. But that opportunity will not be big. It will be very small. And they will have to build from that. You want to know why? Because Benny Snell Jr. and Anthony McFarlane have somewhat, to some degree, and I get different levels, Benny Snell might be up here, Anthony McFarlane might be down here, but they have proven themselves in the NFL. You know what you're going to get to some degree 
from both of them. You know that Benny Snell Jr. could go out there and pass block efficiently. You don't know if a rookie, an undrafted rookie, is going to pick up blitz assignments correctly. That's a difficult thing to do for a running back. That's something that takes a lot of practice, a lot of understanding. You can't expect either of them to play contributing snaps during the regular season as undrafted rookies. And again, they could shock the whole world come training camp. But being realistic, that's a big could. That's a big if. Those two guys are good options and exciting options. I love a undrafted rookie underdog story. I love it. Always have. But if we're being realistic, there's a low probability that either one of them impact those seven snaps, which is what this comes back to. The Steelers need to find someone or multiple people to fill seven snaps. Undrafted rookie will not be one of them. Chances are. I could be wrong. I'll be the first one to admit if I am wrong. But heading into training camp, being realistic, that's how I view that situation. Next, the why. Why do you need to add a rookie or why do you need to add a veteran to the group who has exciting rookies? And then you get the argument, oh, well, you know what you're going to get out of a running back. You know what you're going to get out of a veteran. Not always. You have two sides of the coin there. Latavius Murray is my top option for the Pittsburgh Steelers to add to their running back room. Everywhere he goes, this guy contributes exactly how a team needs him to contribute. And when he needs to step into a bigger role, he makes the most of it every single time. He is the most consistent running back on the market by a mile. And no matter who gets released in the next two months, I believe he will stay the most consistent running back on the market by a mile. This dude makes plays every time you ask him to make plays. And no, he's not going to rush for 1,000 yards. But if he ran a whole season, I bet you he could. I bet you he could. Latavius Murray is 32 years old. There's question marks at a running back at 32 years old. You don't know what you're going to get. You know what he's done. You don't know what he's going to do in 2022 at 32 years old. He's on the back end of his career by two years now, pushing three. Running backs don't last that long. You have to see if he could still keep up. You have to see if he still has the footwork, the speed, the explosiveness, the ability to take a hit at 32 years old. Big questions for a running back. Big questions for a running back. On the other side of that, let's use... Jalen Richard, Justin Jackson, two younger guys, plenty, plenty left in the tank. Both have contributed. Justin Jackson, obviously more than Rashad. If you bring in a guy like Justin Jackson, who has already had minicamp tryouts and has not signed a contract. So that shows, eh, well, there's question marks. Maybe he's not as good as he once was in L.A. He played a very small role in L.A., but he played that role very well. He could play seven snaps and give you contributing reps, but maybe he can't. Maybe he doesn't have it. Maybe it was just the system. The system works for a lot of guys. 
Le'Veon Bell is a perfect example. It's not always greener on the other side. Justin Jackson might not have wanted to leave L.A. Maybe he wanted a bigger opportunity, but maybe they understood that it was the system that worked for him, not him that worked for the system. You don't know if he's going to click because he's still young and he's been with one team. He's worked with one team. That's a big question mark. You don't know what you're going to get in a veteran. That's not going to happen. This isn't Adrian Peterson we're talking about. You don't know what that guy is going to bring to your team. And there has been those guys along the way. Fred Jackson made a career anywhere he went. Willis McGahee made a career anywhere he went, no matter how long they played. Not everybody's those guys. You have to see what you get out of your veteran. You have to see what you get out of either side of the coin. And that is the why you bring somebody in right now. There's no point in waiting if you're the Pittsburgh Steelers. Why are you banking on two undrafted guys and Trey Edmonds to prove that that Benny Snell Jr. and Anthony McFarlane are the best two options? Why not add somebody who could actually compete to that list? And if that works out, then you have somebody who's a quality third option, maybe a second option. If it doesn't work out, you know heading into the season, and I've said this time and time again and will likely say this time and time again, you know heading into the season that Anthony McFarland and Benny Snell Jr. are your best options. But you have to know that for sure because Najee Harris is such a strong part of this team's success in 2022, and you can't run him into into the ground. You can't do it. If you're the Pittsburgh Steelers, you need to have a plan in place for how you're going to fill those seven snaps. It can't be wasted snaps. Benny Snell Jr. and Anthony McFarlane might be the answer. Mateo Durant and Jalen Warren might be the answer. But there is no definites on this roster. The only certain we know is that the Steelers understand for the first time maybe that they have to lessen their running back load. Now, they have to have the best plan in place to do so. Wasting seven snaps is not the best plan that they could have walking into the season.